Hello and welcome to the Divots Lawns and Life podcast. I'm your host Jeremy Jones. Uh, today on this episode we'll be talking about top dressing greens, uh, top dressing, um, one of the Oh, when you're working at a golf course, uh, as you start out on a golf course, you get used to uh, seeing members, guests come out that day, and um, top dressing is one of those dirty words in, in golf. It goes along with verification, um, cart path only for today. Um, there's a few other ones that uh, really seem to aggravate golfers. Well, it's, you know, necessary, you know, maintenance on, on greens that help prolong their lives, make them um, firmer, smoother. Um, so, oh, you know, why do you top dress greens? Uh, what, what does it accomplish? What, um, why are you doing it? How often do you need to do it? There, there's really not a um, direct answer to how much sand you need to put down, how often you need to do it. Uh, there's some things you can do with it. As you learn over the years, I mean, 18 years working on a golf course, uh, that you learn from other people, other people you work with on how to execute it. Um, a lot of things go into it. How much sand you're putting down, are you going to be doling your mowers out or, or um, are you going to, are you going to drag, are you going to top dress and then drag it in? Um, what are you going to use to, to drag with? Are you going to use a, a brush, a cocoa mat. Uh, everybody uses. That's what you learn. Everybody uses something different to, or, or different methods, materials and methods to, to execute this. Um, what what type of equipment are you going to use to apply the sand? You know what what do you have? A lot of times you're going to use what equipment you have to apply it. It's hard to go at most golf courses. It's hard to, you know, go explain to the general manager, the owner, hey, we need to spend all, almost all golf course equipment is expensive because it's specialized equipment. Um, it costs a whole lot more than what people think it should cost or they would be blown away, you know, I mean, a fairway mower, a rough mower, you know, these things are getting up in price to fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 for a mower. Uh, it's just, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to spend that kind of money, um, especially when being efficient and trying to get everything, everything mowed, all your all your maintenance practices done and be efficient because you have to be efficient doing it or you'll never be you'll never stay caught up and one of the problems you learn at managing a golf course is if you can't keep caught up 
or you can't stay caught up on on your day-to-day uh, maintenance needs, mowing, um, raking bunkers, fly mowing bunkers, aging bunkers, all of that stuff, mowing your rough. If you can't stay caught up on that and you get behind, it, it becomes very difficult to be successful. And a lot of that comes down to how many do you have, how many employees do you have on your staff? Is your staff, you know, are they showing up to work on time? Are they missing a lot of work? Do you have enough equipment and proper equipment to be able to get all of these jobs done? I mean, it's just, there, there is a lot that goes into having a good looking golf course that plays good. And, and top dressing greens, same thing. Um, do you do you have a, there, there's all kinds of equipment out there, all types to apply sand to greens. Um, you got your Dakota top dressers. Uh, and you may use different pieces of equipment uh, for different times of the year if you're, if you're lucky and you have enough equipment to do that. Um, but I'd used um, just your basic Scott's R8. Uh, they're your fertilizer spreaders. It's, it's putting sand through them is a little tough on them. Uh, you have to do some things to maintain to maintain those spreaders with that that sand. It's heavier than fertilizer. It's uh, more abrasive on, on the the gates when you're opening and closing them. But it can be a great tool for applying sand uh, to the greens light and light and frequently applying sand to the greens so but why are why is it necessary to top dress greens uh, a lot of times you'll see it at golf courses um, you're lucky at a golf course if you if you have a good sized nursery green and nursery green is something uh, most golf courses have it's for emergency sod to put on greens should something happen or should you need it in places on your greens but a lot of times those those greens get a little neglected when you're out there golfers don't usually see them right so if it's one of those things where you're focusing on on your on your greens out on the golf course and you get behind on stuff maybe you don't you know, put as much attention into your nursery as you should. At a really uh, well-maintained golf course, you're doing exactly the same things on your nursery green that you're doing on your greens on the golf course. Maybe slightly different, right? Because the, the nursery green isn't under the same level of stress uh, typically as your greens out on the golf course. Just the foot traffic. And, and you're not... You're, probably, you're not going to be rolling your nursery green like you're going to be rolling the greens out on the course. You can you can skip mowing the nursery green occasionally. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on in that nursery green that makes it healthier than the greens out on the golf course. So a lot of times your your nursery green doesn't get top dressed as much as your greens out on the golf course. And you'll see on, on as nursery greens get older they start getting spongy and soft and 
and thatchy because you didn't you're not verticutting them you're not maybe they don't get airified as much maybe they get skipped when you're top dressing because you're in a hurry and you never get caught back up on it and i've seen nursery greens that uh, were, were neglected uh, to the level uh, at a at a level that you would see if you did not top dress your greens what what would happen to them where they get really soft and spongy so what are you going to deal with if you don't top dress and they get soft and spongy well you're going to have you're going to have uh, poor greens that, that your members or guests are going to complain about. So that's what your golf course superintendent knows when you're top dressing is uh, putting that sand down is it's diluting the thatch, uh, it's diluting the organic matter, it's keeping the greens firmer, uh, it's keeping them smoother by adding that sand. Um, it smooths out any imperfections in the greens um, by diluting the thatch. Perfectly top dress green, perfectly maintained greens. You won't see if you pull a sample out uh, with a. I always just used a uh, a cup cutter and wouldn't go as deep as you could, but you could use a cup cutter and pull out a cup. And, and take it out and look at the profile of your greens and you can look in there and you can see whether greens have been maintained properly because there will not be any layering uh, you won't see layers like stacked on top of each other and properly top dressing your greens will allow the greens not to have layering in them when you have layers in them, things aren't things aren't happening properly underground, you know, such as gas um, gas movement, uh, water infiltration, um, those things that you need to be having happen properly to have healthy greens. Uh, so by by top dressing. You're diluting all of that. So as your greens are growing and producing leaf tissue, you have died back to where older leaves die um, and go down into the surface of the green. And, and then by not top dressing, you would have this. Basically, it's the same as if you under a tree. If you had a bunch of leaves falling off a tree, they just start stacking up, piling up. And then you wind up getting those waxy layers because all of these leaves, whether it's plants or trees, they have a waxy cuticle on them that will, as they're laying there, and before they can decompose, you're going to have them stacking on top of each other, which will also create a problem where they're going to be kind of hydrophobic because they're or hydrophobic water hating, right? Because of, of the buildup of this organic matter and water won't infiltrate into the ground as good. So by timing your top dressing um, properly as the grass is growing 
when the grass is growing more, you need to be top dressing more frequently. And if the grass isn't growing, you don't need to be top dressing as much. So by adding that sand, it's, it's mixing in with those dead leaves. It's allowing oxygen to stay down in there, which is allowing microbes. Microbes need oxygen, uh, an oxygen-rich environment to be as active as they can. They've got the food there. The food that they're going to have is going to be the organic matter. They're going to break that down. By adding the sand in there, you're going to dilute it to where it keeps oxygen in there instead of just having leaves stacked on top of each other and then the traffic compresses those leaves down and and creates an oxygen deficient environment to where it won't be you know beneficial to microbe growth to break down that organic matter so by adding the top the top dressing sand at the same rate as you're growing which just takes monitoring you know you're looking at it each golf course is different that's why I said there's there's no there's no book to exactly how much you put down. You have to monitor it and check it regularly to see how much sand you need to be adding and how often you need to be adding sand to it. Um, one thing I had never, and this is what I liked about working with a lot of, a lot of people. I always thought that when you were working at a golf course, as you were coming up as, as, as a laborer, um, and then like myself, I moved into the irrigation tech role, and then I moved into assistant superintendent, and I was promoted to superintendent. Um, I, I had the opportunity, I was lucky enough to work with a lot of, of great people, uh, and I learned a lot from, from all of them. Um, and, and here's an example, uh, like all the great people I've worked with, um, learned, learned things from them. I can remember, um, you know, I, I knew what top dressing was doing. I knew it was smoothing out. You could tell when you would top dress that you would, the grass was healthier. When you did it properly, the grass loves it. Um, but I remember, you know, I've probably been working in the golf course industry for, you know, 14, 15 years. Um, and we were top dressing greens and I had a guy, I remember Mark Woodward told me, he goes, yeah, you have that, that sand. When you put the sand down on the greens, that the, just the mechanical action of people walking on the greens, you're mowing the greens, that just the movement of those sand particles will help break down that organic matter too. And I, you know, I never thought about that. I, I, you know, maybe I talked about it with somebody else or maybe you get to a point in your career to where, you know, more things start making sense. But that was the first time I'd ever heard anybody that I, I recalled saying that, that just that grinding mechanical motion when you were top dressing, all the, all the movement on it. And you, and you think about it, 
it's just that little bit of movement all the time, right? People, golfers walking on the greens, you and me walking on the greens, um, rolling, mowing, that just that little bit of sand in there helps break those organic pieces, right? Those leaves into smaller pieces, which then makes more surface area, which then, you know, leads to quicker, you know, microbes, you know, the microbes breaking it down faster. So I always thought, I thought that was interesting too. But so when you were looking at top dressing sand, what I did was, uh, uh, you'll hear a lot of people tell you that you need to put down the same sand on your greens, the same particle size, the same, basically in, in a perfect world, whatever sand your greens were made out of, you know, you've got all these, you know, golf courses, you send off these soil tests and they can break down to how many on your sand, what the, what all the different particle sizes are, you know, coarse, very coarse, medium, very fine, fine, all that stuff. The, the shape of, of your sand, whether it's rounded, sub-rounded, angular, sub-angular. But in a perfect world, you, are, you, you can find a top dressing sand that matches up with the sand that your greens are made out of. And I'd always thought about this when people would tell you that it was, well, that would be a lot easier if if you were the superintendent when the greens were constructed, right? Because now you know exactly where the sand came from. You chose the sand. The USGA has their recommendations on, on what types of sand you should use when you're building greens. And boy, it would be easier if, you know, from day one, you knew exactly what sand was. You had the source for that sand, what pit it was coming out of, what company you got it from, and you could just continue to get your top dressing sand from there. Well, that's just really not realistic. You could talk about how you want to do it, but you know, the pit, they use up all the sand in that pit and they go to a different pit and the, the characteristics of that sand are different. So the chances of being able to use exactly the same sand you're top dressing your greens with out of what they were built out of with is you know, pretty, pretty slim. So, but what I did, you know, when I was at Oak Tree with, at Oak Tree National was we did istric tests to see, and I was just trying to do there. I was trying to do everything properly. I, I think, that's what you should do is is try your hardest to do things properly and, and whether or not you can do it or not at least you're giving it 110 percent your best effort that you're trying to do things properly so we had the history tests done um, I did it once a year in the same places but whenever you get your history test done it will break down by the inch I believe all the all the percentage of and shape of the sand that you have by inch on your green throughout the profile 
So I just kind of broke it down to, you know, what what percentage were fines, what percentage medium, what was coarse, and then found some good a good source of sand that we could get and had a soil test, had them just give me, I had them just email me their specs on, their specifications on that sand, on what what their sizes and percentages of, of those sizes were. And it matched up pretty good. So you felt comfortable that, all right, I'm applying the, the top dress sand, the proper top dress sand to where I don't create a perched water table. And I never really could. I've talked to a lot of people and, and you see it happen to where people have created a perched water table. And I, I, I've asked a lot of people and never could get a straight answer as to exactly how they did it. Uh, you don't want it. <laughs> that, that's what I've learned. You do not want a perched water table. You're going to have some serious problems if you have it. But it basically comes from uh, applying too much sand at once, right? That you go out with heavy top dressing and the water can't infiltrate. It, it's more moving around in that, that top dressing sand. So, But you do not want it. So... Um, by having the proper sand, top dressing sand you're using on your greens that matches up with what you have currently in your greens, everything should be moving properly down through the profile. Um, so one thing I looked at was, all right, so if you want, have an idea of how many, look at your greens profile. Like I've seen them to where you, there was layering in the greens profile. That that's improper. Uh, that's improper top dressing. You should not have it. You're not doing it frequently enough, and but you can tell looking at it and, and put the pieces together as to kind of what was happening. And, and a lot of people do not want to top dress during the summer. Right, um, because especially on bent grass, I mean Bermuda grass is different. Uh, it, it's dormant in most places during the winter time and not growing, and you, you have to get really aggressive with Bermuda grass to have to have good thatch free or, or manage your thatch on Bermuda grass greens. But on, on bent grass. A lot of people that I've met and, and, and seen what they were doing, they don't want to top dress bent grass in the summertime because it's already under a lot of stress. And that extra stress of really, from what I've seen, dragging the greens pushes them over the edge and you wind up with turf loss because you're dragging them. Uh, and what we started doing with Sprocket, we started using R8, you know, your Scott's R8 push spreaders during the summertime. In the spring, when bent grass is healthy and it's not under as much stress, 
you can top dress with your Dakota. You can drag the greens, get it out of that canopy better. The, the grass is usually laid down a little bit in the spring. It's denser. Um, so by dragging them, you can get it down in that canopy and, and get a little more sand on them in the spring, which that's when you want to get more on them. That's when they're, they're, they're healthiest and they're growing their most. So you're going to get out there with the Dakota. Hopefully you get lucky enough to where you have days where it's, you can time it with days where it's not dewy. Uh, you got a windy day where you can go out and top dress and drag. So you can get done first thing in the morning in front of golfers. But in the spring and the fall, if you can do it with your Dakota and get a little bit more on there when the grass is healthier, we're talking bent grass here, when it's healthier and uh, growing more. And then during the summer months, I, I would say, me personally, I would never drag greens, bent grass greens again uh, from uh, May, June, July, August, early September. Uh, I just, it's not, it is especially down and through the transition zone, it is too hot to drag and put that extra stress on bent grass, in my opinion. There's people that could do it and maybe, maybe still do it and, and are just no more than me. That's fine. If you, if you can execute it, execute it. But I've, this is why I'm doing this podcast. I've, I've done it before. I, I've seen, uh, I've, I've, top dressed in the summertime and, and, and then passed a drag mat on it and, and compared that to going out and let's say, cause what we started doing was using R8 spreaders, did some math and figured out, all right, here's how much sand we need to use. And here's how often, right? If we're doing it with the Dakota top dresser, and we're using six Dakotas to go top dress our greens in the summertime. Well, why don't we just use R8 spreaders? And with an R8 spreader throwing tire to tire, we can, it's going to be the same, basically the same labor, right? When you're working at a golf course, the thing that you run into the most is what slows you down is morning jobs, right? It's, it's setting up a golf course. Typically in the afternoon, you've got more people that you can use than in, than in the morning. So if you're using your typical Dakota and then dragging, you're going to have to do that in the morning before golfers. So there's, there's two more people gone. Uh, but what we started doing was using R8 spreaders in the afternoon. Like after lunch, the greens, you would mow the greens in the morning. The dew is off of them. They are dried out. We were using, let's say you have 120,000 square foot of bent grass greens. That we were using R8 spreaders and putting out three pro gator loads of sand. Well, you did that twice during the week in the afternoon. That was equal to your six pro gators of sand that you put out one time. So yeah, were you using more labor? Yes. You know, was it a little more labor intensive? Yes. But once you got into the routine of it and your crew accepted it, it was, it turned out a whole lot better and you were not having to drag. So in the afternoon, the grass is, is 
dried out, it's kind of stood up. Once that leaf is dry, you top dress in the, in the afternoon, the sand falls straight down into the canopy, and you can just start adding up how many times do I need to do this during the summer, right? Maybe, maybe this week we only need to do it once, and then next week we do it twice. And you're just, you're just, you're looking at your greens, you're looking at your profile, keeping up with how much, how much sand do I need to put in here to dilute this organic matter. Uh, and then over time, over years, you start learning, and you've got a program down to all right. Springtime, we need to do it, you know, once every two to three weeks heavier with the Dakota and drag during the summertime. As we get to this time of the year, we need to put, you know, do we need to do it twice a week with the R8 spreaders and then once a week and then back to the spring or back to the fall and your irrigation. And then once you get to the winter time, you start looking and, and, and you can start having some algae and, and things start working uh, during the winter time when it's, when it's a little colder and wetter uh, and you can still add, you know, maybe once a month or, or twice a month you need to go out with just an R8 spreader and, and hit them just to be diluting all of that organic matter. It's still growing. I mean, they, they, no matter what with bent grass, and no matter how cold it is, you are going to grow year round, basically, unless you're, you know, way up north to where there's snow on the ground, it's frozen, and I and that plant, I would say, is still slightly growing. It's going to be hard to top dress your greens with snow on them. Um, but by doing that, and there's some studies being done that you also reduce your disease pressure by top dressing properly, that you are getting that sand up above the crown of your turf. Um, so by doing that, you're not having as much stress on that plant. Um, looking at all of those things, you know, and you need to time this stuff with and putting the pieces together, right? It's a big old puzzle that you need to put all of these pieces together with how to also do this, you know, with your equipment manager and time. This is why I like so much about using the R8s as much as possible because you could go out there in the afternoon and, and get through it with play and jump around and just jump out there real quick, pull the progator up, hit the green with sand, and you're off of it. You're not really affecting play. Those days of people walking out on the putting green and seeing what you're doing and getting you know pissed off about your top dressing that day, you ruined somebody's day, right? And that's what all of us in the, in the golf industry were trying to do was give people the best that you could give them. And it was hard to do that every day. And that's what I learned working in this business for 18 years was, is there something we as the manager can do different to make their day better? And once, all right, so you were always there with, 
with the top dressing, you knew when you did it that morning or the day before or the week before, whenever you had it planned on the calendar, that you were just looking at, all right, we got a top dress today. You knew you were doing what was right. You knew you were doing what the turf needed. And you knew you were doing it to, to make the greens better and that you were maintaining them and taking care of that asset and, and managing them to be consistently good. But you were like, oh, we're top dressing today. Here comes the golf shop. They're going to be pissed off. Here comes, you know, here the first golfers that come walking out. They're going to, oh, geez, you had to do it today. You know, I, I haven't been able to play golf for like, six weeks and, and I brought my buddy out here from you know Scotland he's been wanting to play here for a long time and here you went and you top dressed the greens today and, and he's been wanting to play out here for 12 years and today's the first day I can get him out here right so you're thinking about all those things in your head and you don't want that to happen you you want that that member or, or those guests that have been wanting to play there for that long to get the absolute best that you have to offer and what I learned with, with doing it with the R8s was the R8 walk spreaders in the afternoons, people didn't even know that you were top dressing greens. I had so many people come up and just say, hey, thank you for, thank you for this. I actually had people, I actually had people, because you were putting such a light dusting on it, um, and it got down to that canopy so well that they would ask, they would ask you, hey, when are you top dressing greens again? I mean, whoever thought that would happen early in your days of being a golf course superintendent, people would actually be excited and ask you about top dressing the greens because you get that, I always told people, you get that shuffleboard effect to where. And once they get dried out, if you do it properly, you don't have keeping the sand clean is another issue you have with, with top dressing to where you have some type of facility to where when you go out and do it, you, you've got clean sand you can get from your vendor that doesn't have pebbles in it and bigger, bigger particles that, that knock people's pots offline. Uh, clean sand, it, it is, top dressing sand is expensive and it should be expensive whenever they take care of it and it's as clean as sand that you can possibly get. But then once you put it in your, at your facility that you can keep it in a place where you keep pebbles and rocks and, and debris out of it to when you apply it to the green, there's not bigger, bigger things out there that, that people hit with their ball when they're putting and knocks their ball offline. Uh, but once you're doing it in the afternoons with the R8 spreaders, uh, you eliminated, it was one of those things where you could just go to work and, hey, we're, we're going to put a light dusting of sand on the greens this afternoon. Um, you could do it back-to-back -back days if you wanted to, but you, you're checking it up, checking it out, you're setting it up with your mowers, uh, is it, is it going down into the canopy? Uh, can So you're not picking up any sand with your mowers. You're not, dull, you're not dulling your reels out. You're not causing your equipment manager. Because there's probably one person 
the hates top dressing greens worse than the members at the club. And that's the equipment manager who has to sharpen those bed knives and those reels. So being able to do it, and I would suggest anybody, anybody and everybody to try it, right? When you look at it, I would just say normal top dressing greens, that if you do it with the Dakota 410, and you're putting down a heavy sand, that if you go in the afternoon and set your R8 spreader on W, uh, you'll figure it out, right? You can't open it up all the way or, or the gate will get stuck and you'll wind up breaking your spreader. But if you go out and try it, and I would say that a normal top dress with your Dakota 410, that that is, uh, that you need to do two of those. Measure, just check the cubic feet. You check the cubic feet of sand that you are getting in your Dakota 410, uh, and then check how many cubic feet a Pro Gator holds when you fill it up with sand, and that's how much you're applying. But with the R8 spreaders also, you are applying to the green. Uh, and you can, you can do a hell of a lot better job of, of controlling where your sand is with those R8 spreaders than you can with the Dakota 410 where you're throwing it off the green. The problem I always had with the Dakota 410 was you're, you're overlapping because there's bunkers and there's places on greens that are hard to get around on. There's spots you're missing with the sand because there's, uh, I'm sure every golf course has it. There's about two or three greens that are just a real pain in the ass to get around on, whether it's with your sprayer or uh, your, your top dresser to where there's bunkers on three sides of the green. Just, I mean, just impossible to, to get around on them to where they cause you a lot of traffic. And, and that's why when you're dragging those greens also, if you're lucky enough to have a, um, an employee on your staff that will drag the way you want them to drag and not overlap too much and not bruise and beat up your, your grass, that sharp turns on the greens. And sometimes it's just the design of the green causes it to happen. Um, but I, I would say if you haven't ever tried it before, right? And if you've got the staff to do it, which like I said, you could probably find out a way, done with two people. Uh, two people, uh, sometimes if, if there's a lot of golfers, you might have to use three just to, because if you have two pro gators, if you time it properly with your, you know, your shop is close somewhere there to where you can stop and, and fill up that other pro gator, it's, it's, it always took us three, two and a half to three pro gator loads. But do the math on it. Add up how many cubic feet of sand you're putting down on your greens with your Dakota. Match that up with how many pro gators you're putting out with those R8 spreaders. And I can promise you that your equipment manager will probably buy you something really nice for Christmas, maybe even give you a hug when you walk in the door. Uh, I've had them even say, hey, we top dressing greens today. Uh, they're excited about it too. And they go out there and they see it and they're like, man, we're not picking up any sand at all in the buckets. 
A lot of times it's figuring out to running a little shot of timing it with your irrigation cycles to where you go out and do it that afternoon whenever you're going to have to put a little shot of water in the afternoon. Uh, but it helps out tremendously. And when you're looking at that marathon of getting through summertime on bent grass, that every little stress that you add to those greens during the summer is going to add up. And it might be the difference between being able to plug greens or, or having to sod green or keeping grass alive, right? Uh, too much sand is going to cause stress. Just the right amount of sand is going to relieve stress. But check that out. Try it. You know, there's, there's, that's what I said about working with a lot of people over the years when I was working. You know, I started working for, for Mike. Uh, actually, I started working for Ernie Pock at Greyhawk and then, uh, you know, went to Texas, worked with a buddy, Eric Goopser, then went to Prim Valley for a little short time and uh, worked for Adam Kloster and then, and then worked for Mike Pock and Jay Pock at Whisper Rock and then working for Scott Krejci who come from Desert Mountain and learned a lot there from Sean Emerson and, and then working with uh, Mark Woodward at, at Whisper Rock and, and, and going to Oklahoma and working at Oak Tree. That just working with all of those different people and all the things, if you got an open mind that you can learn, you might not like them. They might seem strange at first, but listen to it and try it or understand why they're doing it. And I can just tell you from from the few years that we did R8s, right? I mean, I, I learned it from, uh, I went up to Shadow Creek to see uh, Jock Eddington was doing, uh, he was running the phrase mower on their fairways at Shadow Creek. And me and my wife, we were just taking a, a little quick weekend trip to Vegas to get out of town for a few days. And, and I went and stopped by there and and I saw the, she, the greens at Shadow Creek and Tim Cloninger was there. And, and I asked him, wow, this sand looks perfect. And that's what he told me. He said, we're doing with R8s. And, you know, I had looked at it. This is something I got to try. So, and I've always told people what you do. There's, there, I don't have any reasons for any secrets. It's, I've always thought it's all about execution. It's whether or not you can execute it and, and get your staff to do it is what makes it happen. But working with all those people and getting to know a lot of other people, uh, some people just say, I don't like it, right? I got a better way to do it. Okay, that's fine. All I can say is that the best greens I've ever seen, right, at Shadow Creek there and then uh, working on the greens for um, 13, 14 years at Whisper Rock, and once we started doing it that way, they were the best I had ever seen the greens. Uh, we had struggled with them during the summer and, and, and been able to top dress them. And like I said, you're hitting those spots where your bent grass is stressed out. You're not wanting to add more stress to them. So you're like, you're wanting to be careful with the, the top dressing because you don't want to add that extra stress and put them over the edge. That once we started doing it with the R8 spreaders in the summertime, 
we absolutely 100% had the best uh, bent grass greens I, I had ever seen there. And a lot of it was uh, by top dressing that way, in my opinion, right? So test it out. Uh, let me know what you think on check out www.divotslawnsandlight.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at my handle is turfpoke, T-U-R-F-P-O-K-E. Uh, thanks for listening.